Welcome to the Try Watches Podcast. I'm Cam. I'm Thomas. And I'm David. And this is where the three of us get together and discuss watches eventually, I think. I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> we talk about watches. Uh, it was coffee time. It was last week. Yeah, it was. It was. How are you guys doing? Yeah, I am okay, mate. I'm super tired. I had a long day and a long yeah. week, but I'll survive. That's good. As long as you survive, that's all that really matters. <laughs> Especially in this day and age, yeah. Uh, how about you, Thomas? What you been up to? Uh, same thing that uh, the past few weeks, I suppose. So when I'm not working on projects for my clients, I'm working on my flat. And when I'm not working on my flat, I'm working Catching on my clients. Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm seeing the end of the tunnel, if that makes sense in English. So I'm supposed to move in either next weekend or the weekend after, depending on how things are going. So, woohoo! Are you allowed nice. to do that at the moment? Sorry? Are you allowed to move house like in the middle of lockdown and stuff? Do you want the official answer or my answer? <laughs> you mean they're not? Surely they're the same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the official answer is I don't know. My answer is I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One word different. I'll allow it. That's how my English is. <laughs> how about you, Cam? How's uh, it? Yeah, in yeah, the no, new it's dad been, world. Oh, it's been good. Um, I was kind of. Uh, last week was uh, kind of my first quote-unquote week back at work, but uh, uh, we're in a bit of a, a slump at the moment, so I don't have a lot of project work to do. So it was uh, it was pretty, which actually worked out fairly well. I had a bunch of running around and stuff that I needed to do. I had to do my uh, uh, 2020 taxes, and uh, so I had to go go to the accountant, that sort of thing. And then, yeah, I uh, forgot. Everyone in America has to do their own taxes, don't they? Because Oh, yeah. Yeah, even though it's basically they already have all of it's just like the UK. They have all of your information. They know how much you've made. They know what you've what what your deductions are and stuff. But they still make you go through the whole all the hoops to do it yourself and say, I think this is what I did. And then they come back and say, No, it's not. And you go, Well, if you know what it is, why are you making me do it? (laughs) (laughs) It's like a stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Sorry, it's taxes. (laughs) Basically, it. But I guess there are like if you have uh, the idea is is that if you do work that's like like a, like that involves cash and you've got to declare that income and stuff. But of course, I'm here on a visa and I'm not allowed to do any additional work because if I do that, they'll take my visa away. So it's like my taxes are pretty simple. It's like I'm only doing, and I've basically frozen everything else outside of the U.S. because I'm not allowed to really do anything with it. So everything just kind of stays as is. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not doing anything because, because that's the other thing is the last thing you want to do is mess with the IRS. If there's, if there's one institution on this planet that you really don't want to with, it's the IRS. So I'm being very, very good. I'm following all of the rules and regulations to the point where um, the, the accountant that I go to offers a, uh, an addition, like for an additional $40, um, if the IRS comes back at me, they go at my accountant. So, uh, so I know everything's done on the up and up cause I know they don't want the IRS coming back at them either. So, uh, so no. And actually I already got the confirmation that they've accepted my returns this year. So all is good. And I so only owe them. Land of the free, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, you gotta they jump through it. these hoops, but it's land of the free. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, so 
so not only was I dealing with taxes and stuff, the other thing I got to deal with this last week was the DMV. Mm. Oh, I've heard about this. Yes, yes. So this is this is fun. So when uh, once when you move to California, uh, you have to exchange your driver's license for uh, California state driver's license. And I was I went was going through all of that at the beginning when I first moved here. Uh, made the appointments, got everything set up. Uh, showed up at the DMV with all of the necessary documents to write my exam, and uh, exam. they came and said, "Oh yeah, I had to do a driver's test." And not only not only a written test, a practical test. They you get to go and do the little drive with the instructor, and they grade you on your ability to drive now this is going to get really funny because i went through all sorts of hoops with this so when i went in the initially initially they checked my passport they said well we can't get your passport to scan so we can't verify that this is the correct document and we would need to take this and send it to the head office and have them verify your passport and i said I'm not going to let you do that. And they said, we agree. You shouldn't. And they said, could you please? <laughs> and they said, could you please provide us um, your birth certificate? I said, I have that. Absolutely. So I went home and I grabbed my birth certificate, went back to the same lady and said, here's my birth certificate. And she goes, I can't accept this birth certificate. And I said, it's the only one I've got. <laughs> yes. And she goes, no, this is the short form birth certificate. I need the long form birth certificate. Oh, and I went, hell. but I don't even think a long form birth certificate was issued to me back in the stone age when I was born. And she laughed it's and she said, well, if you can, yeah, if you can find, if you can get a copy of your long form birth certificate, come back, we can, we can go through this whole thing. So I said, okay, fine. So I called my parents and I said, do you have a copy of my long form birth certificate? My mom went, what? So she did a little research for me. She said, and she looked in her files and stuff. And she said, no, we don't have, she goes, the only one we had was the little short one. And I said, oh, okay, fair enough. I said, but you can go on to the British Columbia website, the government website and order it. I went, all right. So I've got to order a paper copy of my birth certificate, which doesn't have a, it's not a photo or anything like that. It's just a, an well, easily a forged round. piece of paper, but that was, the, they needed that to be able to do this. I went, all right. So I went through the whole process and submitted all of this and paid for it. And two weeks later, they sent me my birth certificate down here and all was well. And then lockdown happened. Mm. <laughs> and at that point, like everything shut, they weren't doing like it was only they they stopped all examinations because everybody was like shut it all down and this because of course this was part. So I just went well this isn't happening until this all settles down. So I'll wait the six weeks when everybody figured this was all going to be over. Yeah. So here we are a year later, <laughs> and so uh, about uh, back at the beginning of February, um, I rebooked it and actually went in and had and did the written exam. Uh, and you know what? There was a little trepidation because it's been the last time I wrote a driver's exam was in uh, 1994 uh, when I first got my driver's license. And so, you know, you, you don't know what to expect. Like, well, I don't well, know. You, you guys were using horses back then, right? Well, exactly. And, 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 and the you horses mean, weren't the, invented then. No, yeah. the, and the maximum the maximum speed limit was five miles an hour, and you had to have a little man with a red flag walking in front of you while you drove down. Yeah, that was. Have you, seen, have you ever seen the Flintstones? That's actually a documentary <laughs> on how Cam took his driving license. 
So I went in, and of course, the written exam is actually it's a multiple choice, mm-hmm. and but it's not even A B C D or E. It's just A B C. You've got a thirty three percent chance of just guessing the right answer. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well that, and and of course, and the questions are. If you got any of these questions wrong... Is it like the ones on the UK theory where it's like, an old lady steps out in front of your car, do you A, accelerate, or B, slow down? Yeah. Yeah. All kidding aside, it's not far off from that. And you kind of go, okay, so nailed that, no problem, and whatnot. So they said, and you can't book your in-car driving exam until after you've got the written one. So did that, booked it. And that was at the beginning of February. And so I had a permit that said I can drive as long as I'm accompanied by somebody with a license over the age of 18. I'm like, well, I'm, I, I've got a license and I'm over the age of 18, so I'm accompanying myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, other questions on that test are like, how many, how many American flags is it acceptable to have on your vehicle? <laughs> a, one. B, it, it, two. C, as many as will possibly fit. Yes, yeah. and, and the answer is definitely C. Trust me. <laughs> so uh, so I booked booked the uh, in, in-car practical exam, and I did it on Friday. And I get there, and you talk about queuing up. Man, I thought, I thought they liked queuing in England. Holy crap. So I'm at the DMV, and my appointment's at 10 o'clock in the morning. So I got there at about quarter to 10, you know, and got there, yeah. and... Went through, they do the little, uh, do you have any COVID symptoms? Take your temperature, that sort of thing. Give you a little sticker to say you're clear and stuff. And then you go stand in the line. And I stood in this line for half an hour waiting for them just to check people in. And you, and you, and there's like, I don't know, 30 people behind the counter doing their DMV thing. But none of them seem to be dealing with any actual people. Like everybody's just kind of standing around. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is how this is going to go. Fine. Anyway, I finally got to the front of the line and stuff. And they said, okay, yep, yep. No, you got all this stuff. And you got like proof of registration, insurance, um, everything. Gave me the cards and told me to drive it around back and meet, wait for the instructor. So, okay, no problem. So I get there and the instructor pops in. And this guy, he's a young guy, probably. And I, I'm, I, I was guessing like mid-20s, that sort of thing. He pops in and he comes in and he asks you, he goes, okay, left turn signal, right turn signal. Like, and oh, I had to give the hand signals as well. That's the other thing you got to do <laughs> out here is what? Yeah, no, it's one of the, one of the simulations. That, if, that, that, that hand yeah, no, no, not signal. that hand symbol. Signal. <laughs> hand signals. What are they prohibition era? They've still got to show where you keep the rum underneath the back seat. So, like something along those lines. Fuck? Yeah. So, anyway, go through that. And he pops in. He says, "Okay, and now we're gonna just do it and, and do the driving test." Now, I th- I'm, of course, I'm I'm fully expecting to, you know, parallel park and, um, you know, all of like merging onto highway traffic, all the stuff that you should do. Like they find like um uh, like a roundabout or something like that that you'd have to go through. Although there aren't really, there's like two or three of them in this city anyway. Every everything's a four way stop here, so. And it, you kind of have to drive out of the way. So it's, but they've got this route that you take. So I'm driving along, and he goes, "Okay, uh, when you come up to this uh, uh, curb, can you just pull over to the side?" And I said, "Okay, no problem." So I pulled over onto the curb. He goes and made sure that, like, there was a there's a couple of spots there, that, like they had um, a red painted curb and stuff. So I was wondering if he was gonna like ding you if you stop at the no no go zone or something like that. So I shot past that and stopped. And he goes, "So I come to a stop." And he goes, "Okay, we've come to the backing up." 
portion of the test. I'm like, all right. So it goes, could you back up in a straight line? Sure, no problem. So turn around, back up. And uh, he's like, okay, nope, perfect. Carry on. So went on. And of course, it was all, other than him giving me instructions as to where to go, dead silence in the car. And uh, pull up and finally come to the end of it. And that was, that was it. Like the, the, the backing up portion was probably the hardest part. And it was just, Mm. Was the next, was the little... next thing like whilst you're driving I'd like you to check the Glock in the glove compartment and make sure the safety is on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it's on you fail because it must be yeah. off to protect yourself yeah. and your family at all times yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I pull up and stop and he goes uh, he goes yeah no you just uh, go back into the place where you are they'll give you your temporary license your real license will arrive in the next two weeks and I said oh, okay great no thanks very much he said just out of curiosity, he goes, uh, and he goes, I, I, I don't want you to take any offense to this. I said, oh, no, go ahead. What's up? He said, he said, I have a sneaking suspicion that you've been driving longer than I've been alive. And I, I looked at him and I said, I said, are you 25? He goes, yeah. I said, oh, yeah, I've been driving longer than you've been alive. Because <laughs> <laughs> on top of everything else, reversing? Uh, well, the... On top of everything else, the other thing that I, I took the exam in my VW Golf, which is a manual transmission, because... I was going to say, this is rich coming from the country that actively resists the manual gearbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think he was truly shocked. I don't think they get anybody coming in there and doing the examination with a manual transmission. Mm-hmm. Like, and whereas I all I've driven in the last... Well, actually, I worked it out. It's actually cl- almost closer to 30 years that I've been driving. But the um, uh, I've, I've always driven a manual transmission. So It's really good I don't check the emails for this podcast because most of our listeners are in America. And they, <laughs> we do shit on them. <laughs> well, but if you do things like this, you ask for It's hard for not it. to. Come on. But after going through all of this, I understand why nobody in this state can drive. Mm. Unbelievable. Like well, it's it pretty sounds sketch. like it sounds a bit like because it was famous, isn't it? The Egyptian driving test was famous years ago. I think they've since improved it. I mean, it wouldn't be hard to improve it, but the Egyptian driving test used to be drive forward ten meters, or not even that much, reverse ten meters, and reverse, and then park it between two cones, and they go, "Yeah, it's your license." They didn't. Even, I didn't even have to park it in between two cones, though. Like. That's the thing. There was no, there's no. Well, you're not qualified to drive in Egypt then. Oh my god. (laughs) Thing is, it's stuff. There's no equivalency agreement. Like where you just go, right? I've learned to drive in a country that isn't the Western Sahara territories or something like that, (laughs) where there is no laws. I learned to drive in Canada and then in in the been driving in the UK, and they go, oh yeah, that's perfectly reasonable level of driving. Yeah. Uh, and and that's the thing so and i i think back to when i did my exam when i was 16 and uh well i did my first i actually did my first written exam when i was 14 because in the province that i was from you could do your learner's permit when you're 14 so i've been driving since then and i actually was driving vehicles on my my grandfather now to drive what's that i would not trust a 14 year old to drive now yeah, too I'd busy see. on Snapchat and Instagram. And fucking. Well, that's the thing. Actually, on the on the examination sheet itself, one of the things that they can tick off that it's an automatic fail is if you interact with a, a device to distract you. I'm like, what? who would be dumb enough to answer their phone in the middle of a driving exam? But the fact the question is there oh, must be yeah. a very real possibility. <laughs> 
But I basically wow. equated it to like if based on on the examination here in the states, getting your license in the UK or Canada or probably France as well at this stage is basically the equivalent of getting the, your driver's license there versus getting an FIA Group A license. That's kind of the the, the yeah. spread, I would yeah. say. But in France, you can fail your test for inappropriate transport with a baguette. So you know. <laughs> Well, you could spill your wine too. You don't want to be spilling your wine. No, the, we have the same question. Rather than the Instagram is like, is he? I mean, is he having a, a wine glass when he's when when driving or not? Yeah, which wine glass is appropriate while driving? No, I mean, actual. I mean, uh, I tell you a what, champagne if, flute. This is hardly um, <laughs> only so an evening. I I, I I passed my my car uh, driving exam in France, but then I got my motorcycle one in UK. And oh, that's after right. ex- exchanging with uh, with my uh, um, uh, motorcycle friends in in France, actually the UK test is slightly easier than the French one. Yeah. Well, my, is that because my... in the the French one, you've got the added weight of all that garlic around your neck throwing you off balance? <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my brother-in-law did his uh, motorcycle license down here as well because he had to go through the whole thing. And he, he actually managed to get in a bit before I did. Um, and he was, he, was a bit, uh, he was under a bit more pressure to get it done because his license in Canada had actually expired. Right. So he was he went, had to he basically needed the driver's license otherwise he just he was an unlicensed driver all mm-hmm. around. Um and he had to redo his because he's got his motorcycle down here as well. And he said it was easier down here than it was in Canada, but it definitely sounded a bit more at least you had to have some level of skill to take the motorcycle exam here. Like there right. was it was it wasn't as ridiculous as yeah, the, the the car driving exam. Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, I have a, a a good question for you, uh, uh, Dave, as well, being the the, the British guy here. Um, all right, follow my logic. If you pass, oh, here a te- we go. That's a, if, that's a challenge. Yeah. If you if you pass a test, let's say a motorcycle test, normally this test is to check that you're able to do whatever is required from you uh, on the motorcycle, right? Yeah. Then explain explain me why you can't actually have a, 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 a passenger on your motorcycle or go on a highway without uh, a license. What? <laughs> what do you mean? They don't. They don't train you to have a pa- passenger on your motorcycle. They don't. They don't train oh, you to go right, okay. yeah, on a motorway or highway or whatever you get. You guys uh, call it. Well, it's so, the same with. It's the same with cars. But I think you can. You're supposed but to have the license to get in there. It doesn't make sense. You you can, but it's optional in the UK because they don't teach you to go on the motorway in your normal test anyway. But then right. some people pay to do what's called a pass plus. Okay. You do that. And then you can tell your insurer and they won't charge you a billion pounds for your first year of insurance. Yeah, I didn't sense. do it. I just, yeah, I didn't do it because I couldn't be bothered. I just wanted to drive around. Yeah. Well, and, and actually, and that's the other thing. And I, I, I do kind of agree with you, Thomas, because one of the things that I would have thought is essential for learning how to drive anywhere is to merge onto a freaking motorway. Yeah. And, and like... And there's and it's not it's not part of the exam at all. Like there's no like I went nowhere near a highway 
when I uh, when I was like it was all within the neighborhood, and it's a quiet neighborhood too. It's not like there's any other traffic around. Mm. Um, I did, and the funny thing is, is I did actually get two demerit points on this exam, and I looked at it, and it, it said if you get three demerits, um, uh, you fail, and I went yeah. oh, and I, I and but. There's, there's, but the the first part is like the three demerits of the of the checklist you fail. So there's the checklist is only five things long, and that was the hand signals, and you had to show like your hazard lights, your emergency brake, your uh, windshield wipers, and um, what was the other one? Considering it's your own car, you you yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're in your own car. He goes, and so he goes through that whole thing, and so you could get three of those things wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you still can't. Where's the steering wheel? It's very important you realise they put you through this much strict testing and training because a car is a dangerous thing that could kill someone else. And they're very serious about things like that in America, that people who have objects that could kill other people or harm other people, <laughs> you have to have strict training and tests and checks in place. It's all over. I, don't, I can't right. think of anything where that isn't the case. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, you're, you're you're spot on. They are very strict when it comes to that sort of thing. So, anyway, you were allowed up to 15 deductions on the actual driving exam. I got two. Is is opening your, is not 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 opening your eyes uh, one of them? I don't know, but I got two, and it was for left left turn signal and uh, right turn signal while changing lanes. And I think he docked me because. My golf has that uh, quick change where you, you click it up once and it clicks three times and you and make your lane change as yeah, opposed yeah. to leaving the the, yeah. the blinker on. So I was doing that to change lanes and I think he wasn't paying attention while I was changing lanes. <laughs> he didn't notice that I actually signaled, so he docked me both times. <laughs> I've got so, a question. Shall we do a wrist check? Because we've been talking about driving yeah. for twenty five. Right. Oh yeah, now. sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think people are probably listening to this going, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> That's a good they point. They wasted valuable time downloading this podcast and they're talking about fucking driving oh, tests. Oh, come on. They've wasted valuable time downloading this podcast anyway because people down people are downloading this podcast because they got fuck all of that to do, right? <laughs> only because they're in lockdown and got no other choice. Exactly. <laughs> so, a risk check. Cam, right. what are you wearing? Uh, today I am wearing my Black Bay. So, it's um, it was it was my lucky watch that I wore while taking the test, just so that you know, I passed. <laughs> Thomas, uh, I'm wearing my uh, Vanerai. It's a Panerai from <laughs> somewhere. You know, oh, is that the is is, is that the one that's similar to uh, yours, my uncle's yeah. Panerai? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the one that's similar to an actual Panerai, but not. <laughs> It's exactly. not quite. That's, it's it's just it's just just adjacent to exactly the, exactly. That's <laughs> the reason why I call it the Vanerai because it's yet oh, I Panerai. <laughs> not a Vanerai then. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Damn, I should have been wearing the I, I should have been wearing the other one. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, yeah. So let's not mention uh, these one. Anyway, one it's of um, these things is not yeah. like the other. What? <laughs> <laughs> What if, do you got on, on Dave? If, if only, if only we were. I mean, if if only we were in the same uh, in the same place, I would have tried to uh, to uh, exchange them. See if you can see the difference. No, they do an eye <laughs> test at the DMV. He would have spotted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I've got pretty good eyes. 
and I, and I know how misaligned that you you've pointed out how misaligned that number one is on your dial. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> that's true. Sorry, um, Dave. What do you got on? I got my Black Bay on as well. My Black Bay thirty six. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a good one to watch. Uh, so, other than driving tests and everything else that's been going on for us, what's been happening in the watch world? Has anyone um, bothered about anything this week? Yeah. I'm not really bothered about anything, but uh, you found something, Thomas? Yeah, I recently seen some, well, let's call it teasing from Ming. Have you seen that with uh, Black Badger? Oh. If not, you're going to love oh. that. I did see that. Okay. Yeah, that's I, pretty cool. I'm normally, I have black badges like uh, post alerts on Instagram, but um, I must have missed that one because I've been quite okay. busy this week. Ooh, I do like that. Yeah, that's a that's yeah. that's a good super dial. cool dial. So, mm. well, we'll put it on on the note, obviously, but it's. Uh, has the, the 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 well the classic DNA of of Ming. Thanks to uh, thanks Dave for for introduce me to, for introducing me this brand which I didn't know, and uh, I'm I'm really I'm, I'm not sure how the DAO is built. It looks like you have like radial luminescent pixels. Hmm, it's a strange one. I really like that. That might be my favorite Ming to date. Mm. Yeah, it's a good looking watch. Is there any talk on price or anything? Uh, I was just looking to see. Oh, it's just a teaser, is it? It's just saying. Yeah. Well, and, and then the other question I have, because it's with Black Badger, is like, what what's the production run? Because I know when he's when he's done stuff with uh, like well MBNF and whatnot, which is limited anyway. It's usually a run mm. of like ten. So and Ming doesn't do a huge production run of a lot of things, and once they're gone, they're gone. So, yeah. but this is uh, this is probably my fa- yeah, this is probably my favorite dial that they've produced. Yeah. Speaking of Black Badger, you know, I told you guys I met that uh, watchmaker here the other week. Oh weekend. yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, when I met him the first time, I thought he has a striking yeah. resemblance to James Black Badger himself. But I didn't really think much more of it. And I was in there again the other day because he uh, cleaned Vicky's engagement ring for us. And I was just just chatting to him about some stuff. And um, I can't remember how we got onto the subject of... Um, I said, we were talking about like small independence and stuff. And I said, oh, have you seen Arcanaut Watches, which is the watch company that Black Badger is co-owner of now that he started oh, okay. up. And he goes, oh, yeah, Black Badger. I look like him. <laughs> <laughs> I went... Yeah, I didn't want to mention it. He goes, yeah, he goes, I know him. He goes, I was at Basel a few years ago. And um, one of my friends was looking for me, saw um, James and went, Tom, and gave him a big hug. And he was like, I'm not Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, they bumped into each other. And he's like, I think your friend was looking for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But um, no, I really like this, actually. Yeah. It's really nice. No, this is... Uh... That's some well, they're so hard to get hold of. Like all Ming's are when they release it first. Well, just well they're just in general, they're almost impossible to get get hold of. Yeah. These, so quick off the mark. These dial could be in uh, in Tron. 
has yeah. the same sort of yeah aesthetic. Yeah, no, it's a uh, no, it's a great aesthetic. I would yeah. I, I the mean, there's only one, four o'clock one, as well, which is unusual. There's only one picture uh, really so far, but I mean, it, it's hard to understand if the DAO is semi-transparent or is it like reflection of. Uh, well, sh- surely there's, there's two layers because you see the the hour uh, mark markers uh, mm-hmm. reflecting into the dial. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they did a well, sapphire dial we... a while ago, didn't they? A sapphire gradient dial. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's a sort of play on that. Mm. Yeah. I no, it's great. <laughs> it, it, Anyway, we should uh, we should order three of them whenever they uh, release. <laughs> yeah, I do want it. I think Cam's next in the market for a watch out of all of us. Mm. Yeah, probably. Uh, what's Although... the red? What's the red button? Is it a chronograph? Yeah, I'm just looking. Is there's it... two seconds hands, and there's a yeah. red pusher. Uh, there's split seconds. Ah. I don't think it's split second. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe yeah, it is, yeah. In, the, in the dark, you see at uh, 11 and at 1. So that's going to be really interesting what that actually is because that looks like it could be a mono pusher. Yeah. Unless it's like a bullhead, but I hope not because I don't like bullheads. <laughs> I did wonder because I didn't even notice that to begin with. I just saw the crown at 4 o'clock and I thought, well, that's unusual for a Ming. But, um, yeah. Oh no, I really like that. That's dangerous. Yeah. I have a sneaking suspicion that that is not going to be inexpensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can uh, yeah, I can see that being I oh, I really like that. It's a very good shout, Thomas. It's totally passed me by, but Yeah, I've I I blew right over this. I don't know how I missed this. This is great. I like the uh, like the case back and everything, the the triangle cutouts and stuff like that. Mm. Really cool. Yeah. Oh, good shout. Can you can you please send send at least one just for review? <laughs> <laughs> we promise we might yeah. not. Will sort of maybe the, send it. The back. first <laughs> the first watch we ever get sent for review, we really swing for the fences with asking for that one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe we could talk to Roger Smith and see if he can send a couple over as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I think we probably uh, might struggle with getting people to send us things for review because where do you send it? <laughs> There's three different countries to deal that's with. That's true. Yeah, it's not as though we. It's not easy for us to pass it around. That's for sure. Yeah. Are you justifying the fact of sending once again to sending three of them? I'm sorry, it's not easy. You need to if if we if we have to review it at the same time, you need to send three of them. Yeah. Um, right, I'm gonna. Anything else? Yeah, I'm gonna bring up something, and I know that I know everyone's been talking about it, but let's just give it a very quick mention because uh, it is the kind of hot thing, especially on the UK watch scene at the moment. Is the new Fierce Brunswick in platinum? Uh, it's expensive. Yep. It's platinum, but it's expensive. Um, Twenty-eight thousand pounds expensive. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot. I don't know. I mean, I get it. It's platinum. I, I do. I like the look of the Brunswick. I'd probably go. For, I'd go for the platinum dots over the diamond dots on this. 
I don't know how I feel about there being a diamond in the crown, but that's because I'm not a very big diamond fan to begin with. And I'm only going to gloss over this quickly because I know it's been flogged to death on every other Watch podcast going at the moment. Yeah. Um, I like it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much platinum goes for. And I know there's a lot of work that goes into this, but I don't know if I would pay £23,000 of premium on it. Over, well, over a steel one. The the thing, well, platinum is a uh, is my understanding to machine machine it and work with it, and it, it's 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 a temperamental material to work with okay. compared to even gold and steel. So that's why like platinum watches tend to drive a bit of a premium is just because it's it's just temperamental to work with. As is my understanding, I'm no metallurgist. I have no idea if that's actually the case, but I have heard that. Um, uh, Platinum is a raw material. Uh, sometimes it's sitting above gold. Sometimes it's not. It's. I don't think it is right now. I think gold is actually worth more at the moment as a raw material. Yeah. But right. um, uh, the... Uh, it's hard see, the, to justify to me when they've got like the salmon, which the salmon one looks fantastic. Yeah. Now, I would... It, it would have... For me personally, um, if they're going to do a metal like this, yeah, they should, like, the dial should be, this is, this is going to be one minor critique, because it's, I, I, don't get me wrong, it's a lovely dial, the, the two-tone gray gradient dial on this looks fabulous, it's a great looking watch, uh-huh. but it's, it, f- for something that's um, that much out there, you know how Rolex does the ice blue when it comes yeah, to yeah. the platinum watches? I think if they had saved the salmon dial for this, maybe yeah, or or, or something, something, something a bit a more little, different, something a bit different, yeah, like a green but, dial. But, I mean, because green's I, very I, big at the moment. But how many? How many? How many is Nick going to make of these? Like is three he, to four a year is what I've heard. Yeah, I I think that's probably a good. I think they're he'll sell those. He will sell those, oh. and they will. And and I think one's already been ordered before the announcement. From what, what I heard, <laughs> I doubt. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, from what I understand is that the whole point of the diamond in the crown is the nod to this is a precious metal rather than it being the dial. Well, that's the same thing that P- Paddock does with their platinum, right? They've got the, they don't put it in the, in the crown, but they put it in the, uh, in between the lugs. They put a diamond on oh, do they? their platinum watches. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, no, but I know what you mean. Like gray is a very... I mean, it is, it is it is very low key. Like it is definitely. I mean, fears is in general is going to be. You have to be kind of in the know to know what you're dealing with anyway, because he makes a great product, mm-hmm. Nick. And so it it is a it is a watch lovers watch, and this is a like, and this takes it to that next level. So it's kind of that that nod to the the real watch nerds if you're wearing this and somebody spots it because they they would like and spotting it would be difficult. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the, one of the fears lo, uh, slogans is elegantly understated. So I yes. think maybe that buys into that. I think um, it does. I just don't know if I want to pay twenty eight grand for a watch with an ETA movement in it. Are you really considering the question and like questioning? <laughs> no, it's, it's obviously <laughs> hypoth- it's obviously hypothetical, but it's yeah. twenty eight grand, and I get it. It's platinum. I totally get that. But I don't know if it's 
28 grand's worth of watch, even with the mm-hmm. platinum case. But I think that's every individual's own perspective as to whether or not it, it kind of hits. I mean, um, if I'm me personally, 28, yeah, this is this is a price point that I I don't generally consider anyway, right? Like once you once you get past that 10 10k mark, this is a, this is a realm where I I struggle to justify uh, that amount of opulence. Yeah. It's not for me. It's just not for me. It's um, not. No, I totally get it. And you know what? As well, and people people can scream hypocrite at me because it sounds it, and I'm not someone who buys watches for investment. I know, and I would always say that I don't do that. But when you're buying a small brand like Fears, which is a micro brand, really, in day is a micro brand still. It's not big enough to be. It's a micro brand. You pay twenty eight grand for that watch. What's it worth? On the ground, secondhand market. You know what it is. You're a patron to the brand. That's that's what you've become. It's not. You're not. You're doing it um, uh, from like you're not doing this from an investment standpoint. You're doing it um, because you love the brand. You love the watch. You love that. You're not. This is and so it's it's twenty eight grand that and and. It would be somebody spending it the same way we would buy a $3,000 watch. That's a great point. Well made. That is a good point. That is a very good point. I think I'm so jarred by the whole figure of 28,000. I just can't go over that. Yeah. I think, I think somebody, somebody who's in a financial position to be able to, who views 30 grand the way we view three grand, right? Mm. That's kind of, that's, that's what you're looking at here. So somebody who's, somebody who's got that little bit of like, is that much more disposable income and they're not concerned about it. They like the look of the watch and that's just it. It's a great looking watch. And, Oh yeah. Um, the, the, even the, even the idea of the, of like, uh, your, your comment about it just having an, uh, an Eta movement that doesn't even really bother me that much, to be honest. I think Nick does a great job with his movements. He does a full tear down. He, he regulates everything. Um, this is decorated and, plated in platinum as well this movement i should have said actually so that is good point. yeah so when you get when you're getting to that level of detail the fact that he's it's it's a quote-unquote off-the-shelf movement i think that's a bit misleading when, when it comes to a lot of these things i mean every, that's a i think what's great about this is that because of that if down the line um heaven forbid something happens to the company and they're they don't forego if you've spent twenty eight thousand dollars on a watch in some cases you almost want a quote unquote generic movement in there anyway, so that if something ever happens to the company, you can still take it to a watchmaker and they go and get it, get it up and running again. Cause that would be my concern dropping. And this is, this is what happens with some of these independents where you're spending this kind of money and they've got this really like fantastical movements that are just completely out of, out of the, out, out, like out of nowhere. And there's, there's only 30 of the watches on the planet and there's, there's one guy and he's 78 years old that can fix it. And that sort of thing always, and and this is where something to be said for some of the bigger brands and stuff like that, because you know that you're always going to be able to get it serviced, right? Because there's nothing worse than like, because I mean, it's, it's an, it would be a nice paperweight, but you wouldn't want it to be a paperweight. (laughs) Mm. Very good point. And And, yeah, sorry, carry on. What are you saying? No, no, I think, and that's, that's pretty much it. But uh, no, I, 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 I tip my cap. Like oh. honestly, it's uh, 
it's it's a, it's a good shout. Like, and I think uh, I think he's I think he's done a great job over the last five years, um, reestablishing and building this company up. I give I give Nick his due. He's got some fucking balls to do this because it's oh yeah, heavily and, and, saturated. Mind. And he's really like I like I said. I think it's more the price is just a mental speed bump for me. But well, I, if if you've got the money out there, if you've got the money and you like this, you should buy it because it's a great company and a great person to be supporting. Yeah. Well, the fact that he worked stock and shelves at Asda yeah. uh, to, to keep his watch business afloat is brilliant. And yes. the fact that he was able to through going through all of this to keep, to keep his staff going. Um, I mean, the man puts in the effort. So, and, mm-hmm. and there's something to be said about that. And I think he does produce a nice product. I think uh, it, it takes balls as well in the digital age to go back to what is essentially old technology that mechanical watches are. And really fucking swing for the fences with it and go, right, yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it how I want to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fuck it. If you've got 28 grand, buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have 28 grand. <laughs> Someone go buy it for me. Well, you sell your Snoopy. Yeah. You Someone else go buy it. <laughs> um, no, the... Oh, go ahead, Thomas. I just wanted to go back to the Ming because uh, apparently, as always, the three of us didn't do our homework properly. So it's the 2001 uh, mosaic, and it looks like this at light. Hang on. Oh, Ooh. oh, so it's a see-through dial. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Oh, that is cool. I do like that. You see this? Sorry. Dave wasn't even looking at it. At no, I just I got a text of a hot water emergency back at home, so. Oh. <laughs> oh, is it like. It, it, oh, wow. That is. That's next level. What is this we're looking at? Sorry. Th- that's the Ming. So it's, it's the Ming. Oh, that's the Ming. Tw- 2001 uh, Mosaic. And that's the. Yeah, the pictures they, they released. And uh, sorry, just to f- show you the dial. That looks like this. Damn. That yeah, that's really uh, that's next level. Yeah. Okay. No, I I, I already know I can't afford that. Yeah, there's. I know I can't afford that. Speaking of twenty eight thousand pounds, um, <laughs> like, mm, yeah. I mean, there's no price on it yet, but anyway, yeah, that's. Uh, if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so it's part of their uh, of the special projects cave uh, collection. Strange name, but that's the. I mean, yeah, special collection they 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 released this year, and uh, yeah, well, we started with the night shot, all being intrigued by it, but yeah, that's cool. Well, it's the night shot that sells it, honestly. Yeah, like that that black black badgers touch to dials like that stuff yeah, just yeah. put it over the edge. Mm. But speaking of uh, going from something that's super legible to something that kind of irks me every now and then. Oh, I know exactly what you're going to talk about. Oh, good. Is good, it good, black good. on black? It is. Is it the all black? It's black on black. And it's called Omega? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. So they did this with the Speedmaster um, yeah, ceramic a while ago. And we uh, we actually uh, we've I think we all tried it on at one of the watch events. It was either Red Bar or Time for it Pint was or something like that. Time for a pint. I remember and, it because I remember and being there was a guy really angry that, about it. Well, 
and a thing that that I was like, oh, okay, that's really cool. Like, I, I guess when it when it looms up, the, the you you can it's really legible. And and he went, oh, there's no loom on this watch. <laughs> and I went, but but you can't read it. <laughs> you, you, like I mean, I I always thought the Daytona was a difficult watch to tell the time on, uh, but the black on black on black. Um, Speedmaster, and I'm talking about the Speedmaster, not not this the new Seamaster that they've now come yeah. out with. But I'm I'm looking, and I can't. I haven't seen. Is there loom on this? Probably not. This new Seamaster. I'm look. I'm looking, and I can't see. I, I haven't seen any loom shots or anything. And I've looked at a couple of different uh, sites, and I haven't. And really... I don't care because it looks terrible in the daylight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's. Why? Like, why? I don't understand. It's taken a great professional watch and turned it into a fashion watch. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what they've yeah. done. Yeah. Like that's a, that's like a movement watch, all blacked out like that. Ooh, that's a bit harsh. Accurate. Am I, am I wrong? A bit harsh. <laughs> I say, where, where is the it? lie? <laughs> like, what was your your last comment? I didn't hear that. It's like a. He said it's, it's like, like a, a movement watch. watch. MVMT, you know those cheap fashion watch things that they say are great value or something like that. I don't know. The, Ali, the Alibaba Express watches that they charge three hundred bucks for or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, uh, it's terrible. What's uh, the it's, fucking point of a dive watch like that? I think I think the next thing to do, if you want to push the the concept, take the SMC Master and paint it into a Venta Black. So you, there you go, yeah. Vanta Black dial hands, everything. <laughs> so you, you, you can't even you, you can't even recognize the the. the you know what? The, I bet you moment. Moser will do it. Moser will come out, do a K shape yeah. like that, and do it all yeah. in Vanta Black. <laughs> Thing is, that it's just that really does annoy me because what is the point in a blacked out dive watch? Well, you could pretend the whole you're point like, of a dive watch. And it's part of the ISO requirement is the visibility and legibility in darkness. <laughs> oh, you mean like, so you'd have contrasting hands and, and markers so you could tell what time is. <laughs> fucking, uh. And they're asking $8,600 for this. It's because it's a ceramic one, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So the thing is, it's so dark, you won't be able to see it. So you bang it on something and you shatter the ceramic case and then you just shit out of luck. <laughs> This thing is $1,500 more than the new Sapphire Sandwich Speedmaster. Yeah, black paint is very expensive. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm no, going back you, to collecting coffee tables. No, uselessness, uselessness is very expensive. It's because if you're stupid enough to buy that watch, you're dumb enough not to realize that they're ripping you off for an extra $1,500 too. It's called hedging your bets. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, Omega does a good job of that. Mm. Oh. I've got something else I want to talk about, actually, I've just thought of. Have All you right. watched Adrian's new video that came out today? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't, had, I haven't had a chance to see it. What, so, uh, it was because uh, oh, was last week the Audemar Piguet? I can't remember. Well, this one's about the, road, the new Rolex Oyster Perpetuals. Oh, okay. The, the colorful dial ones? Yep, that's the ones. All and, right. Great video, as always. But yeah, Adrian does great stuff. He's he pretty much the only one I still watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. But uh, he made a point, and I just don't agree with it. 
he said that Rolex aren't creating a um, shortage of supply. It's the grey market that's doing it. So people shouldn't have a go at Rolex for it because it's all the grey market they're doing it. And I agree to that to a point. That it's the grey market dealers buying up all these Rolexes and controlling the market. But I don't think, which is kind of, that the point was kind of like, so we have to lay off Rolex on it. But I don't think they're free from blame because I think Rolex know what they're doing with that and they're totally playing into it because there's no excuse if that's the case, why they say to people, well, you can't have that unless you buy this many Datejust. Ah, but that's not actually Rolex that are doing the, you have to buy this many Rolexes. Well, it's their that ADs. is the AD. Well, right. And they're not one in the same. That's, I think that's the point. I'm guessing that would be, the, I have to watch the video, but I'm guessing that's the point he was trying to make. But is that Rolex, it's not I Rolex as, but you know what? This this whole idea that that I agree with you, Dave. This whole idea that Rolex as a conglomerate is not accountable for their product or their distribution is crap. Yeah. I'm sorry. If if your ads are are doing this sort of thing, there should be um, a line of communication to the the head company. If they don't like those practices, then they should be putting a stop to that. Well, and this is kind don't. of what I'm saying because even if it is the ID that's saying, "Well, you need to do this and do that and jump through these hoops to beat the grey market." Yeah. Rolex, no, we all know this happens. Rolex aren't oblivious to this. Of course not. And I think they they're, and, they're to, and I think they're totally complicit in it. Because I think as well, in a lot of ADs, the Rolex booth within them is like, in a lot of them, it's like a little standalone booth. Yeah. So is that not Rolex that operates that? No, no, it's still, it's because it, it's, cause Rolex don't, it's, they're not like um, even like tag or um, Omega or those guys, when they have, you know, they, they have the standalone boutiques and stuff like that. Mm. Those are actually controlled by the brand. Whereas yeah. everything with Rolex is through, they are an authorized dealer. So it is a, is an affiliate, like a watches of Switzerland. Rolex doesn't actually handle distribution from the AD level. They sell to the authorized dealers and they control their distribution to those authorized dealers. Now what the authorized dealers, they have to maintain a certain, um, uh, what, how do I want to say this? They have to actually um, uh, adhere to Rolex's uh, standards and practices and stuff like that. But I think there's workarounds that they can use for that sort of thing. Because they, I mean, you can you it, it, you can slip stuff to the gray market depending on how you want to shift your, your your merchandise, and they'll sell like they'll wholesale stuff out and whatnot. They're not allowed to do it, and I know that that. Certain ads have been caught out in the past. One of which was Ernest Jones. They used to cover. They used to carry Rolex um, six, seven years ago. And I remember when they lost their contract as an ad because they were doing just that. They were they were slipping stuff to the gray market that wasn't shifting um, at the time. As I remember, and they were and they were underselling in their stores what Rolex uh, MSRP was. They were actually. Selling, so I remember walking in at one point. I could get a brand new box and papers Milgauss for four thousand pounds. Mm. Of course, I didn't want a Milgauss. <laughs> and, mm. <laughs> what? And, and what do you mean? Uh, I mean, in, in retrospect, I mean, yeah, I could probably get eight grand for it now, but uh, mm. it's still a Milgauss. I don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, the um, so. I, I agree with you, Dave. I think like 
they so they do pay attention and they do like to make an example of one person because there is this there is some dealer there was I can't remember I never actually read the the story or something like that but I did hear that there was a there was a dealer that was was shifting stuff to the gray market well they were basically selling themselves the watches and then flipping them on the gray market for double their value like and and obviously the stainless steel stuff right like your submariners your daytonas that sort of stuff all the stuff that's basically going for 2 3x msrp why wouldn't you if you're i'd be super pissed as an ad if i can just go out and i can all i can do is sell these things at their absolute msrp which is what rolex dictates and then have some other gray market jack off come along and and get 2 3x what I just sold it for, I'd be pissed off if I was an AD. So why wouldn't you try and skirt the issue and make that bank? Like, I mean, I. So it's 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 a it's just a vicious loop all the way around. And then of course, and then you've got idiots like us sitting around talking about this shit. It hypes it all up all over the place, right? Because it's all clickbaity. Because everybody wants to talk about Rolex. Because that's all anybody gives a shit about. And we just continually, perpetually make Rolex this thing, right? And all of a sudden, like, everything that's stainless steel... So you're saying you want to change the subject? Huh? So you're saying you want to change the subject? (laughs) Well, I mean... uh, I hate Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm just going to go back... To the previous watch we were talking about, uh, yes, Mark there is. The fly. He always goes backwards <laughs> because it's like I a mean, sandwich. Uh, it's always like a sandwich of topics. We finish on something because one. Go, you, because we one. And then we always okay. do this, and we go because back one. To if if we if we make a mistake, then we should go back and fix it. Right. Do you oh, want okay. to edit this? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> the the. Black Black uh, Sinaster has some Luminova. This is not a oh. shot. This is an explanation uh, screenshot uh, that I got from Omega uh, video. And they say that, yes, on the hands and on the inserts, you have super mini, yeah. uh, super But uh, But Lumina. on the bezel, it on that pip, there's no I, room on that. I think so. Uh, no, I think there is. Oh, is I there? Still it doesn't look like... That's fine. But at, at least now we... <laughs> Now we are okay. correct. I take back everything I said. I still okay. hate the watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like having a glowing in the dark dog shit. Great. <laughs> so much. <laughs> it's literally... Right, since we're back on this watch now, we'll stick with it. Yeah, yeah. Now I have another topic. And all of the are. things that people have asked Amiga to do with the Seamaster Professional, that's never been one of them. No one's no. ever said, oh, Amiga, can you please make an all-black one? That we can't read the time on. Everyone oh, that says, was that. Can you remove the helium escape valve? And Adrian did this in his video. Yeah, yeah. And it's all these things people have been asking for, and Amiga have gone. Nah, let's make it all black. Like, yeah. why? Hey, all of these, like it was the same thing with all of these watch companies do that because they they control it. So, yeah. and I don't know. Okay, they I hate Instagram. Sure. Dave, Can't Thomas wanna... take us back to 2005 on something else now. We have to go back to... No, 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 no. I want to no, keep you on, on, on Omega, but brings more enthusiasm after the... Okay, uh, the okay I'm in. I, I, I would be surprised, Dave, if you haven't ordered this yet. Oh, the NASA straps. 
Oh, yeah, yeah those were released. I was yeah. thinking about it, but I've got my gas gas bones Velcro strap. Yeah, but you yeah. know the point about straps? You can exchange them. <laughs> you can. <laughs> but I've already got a mountain of packages in the UK that have been turning up over the past year when I haven't been at home. It's and gonna, I, it's gonna be like three Christmases when you get home. Yeah, <laughs> and because Vicky went back today, I was like, right, just to let you know, on the dining room table there is going to be a small mountain of boxes, and I had to list through everything that I bought, and I uh, <laughs> and I got berated for uh, this isn't verbatim, but filling the house with more shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she said it worse than that, did she? <laughs> the, so, uh, um, no, those yeah. those uh, those Omega straps are really cool, actually. And the, the mm-hmm. fact that, like, and to get NASA to sign them, because that's the one thing, and we discussed this when I bought that G-Shock, mm-hmm. um, the whole, whole thing with NASA and having the, their logo associated with, like, another brand. So it's interesting that they were able to produce the NASA... Uh, Velcro strap with it saying uh, Speedmaster on the other side of the strap. Mm. Now, I don't know if they've put the NASA logo on that other little section of the strap to kind of separate the two. So it's oh, it, right. Because weren't we discussing the fact that like NASA can't be, because it's a government run agency and stuff like that, they can't be seen. can't be co branded. Yes. That's why the G Shock doesn't have. Yeah, next next to the logo or anything like that does it? Yeah, um, mm. but I will say this: the, the Omega strap, the uh, NASA strap, is uh, more expensive than what my G Shock was. <laughs> I was literally, I'm literally here trying to find out the price for right now. It's one hundred ninety US. One hundred ninety dollars. Yeah. yeah, that's like hundred and oh, it's, it's an official Omega strap. They're yeah. like you look at their NATOs. Their NATOs are all over two hundred bucks. Fucking yeah. official Omega strap on. They've shafted you for that price. <laughs> well you know this. You you looked at you, you looked at I'll getting t- an OEM strap for your DeVille. I'll t- oh yeah, I'll I did actually that's a very good point. I'll give you a month before you order yourself these. <laughs> it's hundred and forty seven pounds. Oh. For when I get my sp- Velcro Cam, is like Cam, the shoe. less than the month? No, because... Six weeks. Six no, weeks. 150 <laughs> okay. quid for a Velcro strap. Like, the Velcro shoes are the symbol of someone with issues. Like, I'm not, <laughs> not going to spend... I'm not going to spend 150 quid on a Velcro strap. Yeah, but I was also... What well, was made at the, the strap when it was worn on the moon. Right. Has that one been worn on the moon? <laughs> Are you, am I going to put on my strap and sit in the cardboard box in my front room like a kid and pretend I'm in a spaceship going to the moon? This is what you're doing every day. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to spend 150 you quid you, to do it. Yeah, but you, uh, you bought yourself a, a Speedmaster Omega that tells you uh, every time you look at it, what can you do in 15 seconds or whatever uh, a sentence was that, was that. It's exactly the same thing. Well, they didn't actually go to the moon in Apollo 13, though, so... Right, that, that makes I'm, the difference. I'm just they, the, the, the they, they, they but you know what I mean. It's, you they know had what a I mean. massive. Being... They had a massive disaster and a crisis, which actually does fit my day to day life. So it's that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God, everything's gone to shit. Yeah. 
What can you do in 14 seconds? Cry 14. mainly. <laughs> Failure is not an option. I'm pretty sure it fucking is. <laughs> it might not be an option, but it's definitely an end destination. <laughs> Right, oh, okay. God. On that note, I think, note, I think that. we should end this. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. See you later, guys. Bye. On these notes. <laughs> <to> listen, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still alive next week, we'll talk to you. 